0: Hello and welcome to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders. This is the show where I speak with the most inspirational and thought-provoking leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help inspire, educate and motivate others to make the world a better place. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Fines. Tom is the Commercial Sustainability Director at Britvic. PLC. He's had a wealth of superb experience uh, within the FMCG arena and has over 20 years worth of program sales commercial experience within blue chip organizations. He's responsible for delivering the GB Healthy People, Healthy Planet strategy, whilst also developing a culture and delivering large scale transformation projects and activities. In addition, he also leads the Britvic Be Proud Network, uh, which looks after the interests and drives positive change when it comes to the LGBTQ community. Welcome to the show, Tom.
1: All right, Labour. That's uh, that's a heck of an introduction, <laughs> thank you,
0: and a very well deserved one, to be quite honest. Tom. <laughs> I also, um, but you read it out. <laughs> <laughs> But tell me, tell me, Tom, for those who obviously don't know you as well as I do and uh, some of my wonderful team obviously have the privilege of knowing you well additionally. Um, but tell us and for our listeners, you know, a little bit about how you came uh, to be where you are today and the senior role that you're in and, you know, some of the experiences you've had on the career and personal journey to date. Oh,
1: where to start? Where to start? So, um, uh. Well, I'm pleased to say to start with that that those two journeys are are actually symbiotic. So so what's happened in my personal life and what's happened in my professional life have actually at one point converged uh, to to, to get me to where I am today. So I think it's important for your watchers and listeners to understand that um, I have essentially grown up and lived my life uh, as a straight, white what is now middle-aged man, Not obviously not always middle-aged, but uh, I, so I've grown up with uh, um, very much feeling that I'm part of the majority as opposed to minority uh, and I've had the, um, the pleasure or the displeasure of understanding what that looks like and feels like uh, from uh, talking with uh, straight friends in society and and growing up. I have three children, for example. Uh, So I I was married and have three children, Uh, whereas uh, I actually started dealing with uh, my sexuality very late in life. Uh, And there's lots of complex reasons that sit behind why it happened late in life. But uh, I don't think it's valuable to go into that today. The point is, is I didn't uh, either look into it or come to terms with it. Uh, until that journey started about eight years ago. I came out about five years ago now, uh, and I came out to at the time my wife and my children, which was very difficult, especially uh, for my wife at the time. Not so challenging for my children, uh, depending on the ages that they're at. Actually, um, one of them was actually really quite happy uh, to find out that I was gay. Uh, they were very excited that, less excited about the fact that I, I needed to move out and, and change the shape of the family. So I've I've really gone from that one side of uh, living and how I see myself uh, into evaluating that and then um, essentially changing my life wholesale. And I think it's going through that experience. And it was a traumatic experience because it was traumatic for not just for me, but also for the people that I love the most on this planet. Uh, and then had to uh, face into those conversations with those people, essentially change their paradigm of how they saw me. So it truly was a coming out uh, experience. Uh, for some other people, including my partner, uh, it was a very simple, relatively easy thing that happened at a young age, which I'm pleased to say happens more and more these days. Uh, and, and to your question, I changed in the workplace at the time, because there was a couple of things that happened that I noticed uh, very early on. The first was that as I went through my own crisis and uh, and went through that experience, um, I started to dramatically reduce the hours that I worked because I had to spend that time focusing on uh, the situation, my family, uh, and and ensuring that I could try and control the damage uh, as best I could at the time. And as I was going into work, two things happened. The first is no one seemed to notice I was going through any trauma at the time anyway. So either I was showing up uh, differently and and not showing people what I was going through, which made it harder for me, Um, but also it had very little impact on how people saw me showing up. In other words, the amount of work that I used to do to prepare for meetings would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, And then when I went through this period of dialing it down, I was turning up and I was still able to do those meetings without having to have done all that work. So it gave me a real eye-opener to actually how do you spend your time effectively and what do you really need to do and what do you need to worry about and focus on versus what can you actually uh, rest on your experience, your knowledge uh, to be able to bring that to the to the parties that were on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and that's what made me very, very interested in how people show up at work, which is why I now champion bringing your true, true self to work at, at Britvic And it's why I mentor inside Britvic and outside of Britwick. Um And it's why I seem to be quite acute to when people change slightly. Those, those small things, the small differences that you can see that mean actually maybe they're signs that people are going through things outside of work that can impact how they show up at work. And to, to be there as a support, uh, to be there as a guide, and sometimes just to be there as an ear uh, in the workplace can have a huge amount of value. Does that answer your first question? I feel like I've spoken for ages.
0: You absolutely haven't. It has been fascinating. And you have answered the the question. I've almost forgotten what the question is uh, now, to be quite honest with you, because you've answered it in abundance and with true authenticity. And so, first of all, I must say thank you so very much for sharing. Um, you know, what is, you know, really a, a very, very personal story indeed. And um, you know, what's particularly interesting is you mentioned there straight away a number of different facets of diversity and inclusion. And the fact that you've also had um you know this opportunity if that is the right word to view life through another lens as well before then um you know obviously coming out. And I'm sure that had you know many kind of conflicts in your mind and um, you know those difficulties which of course exist below the surface and you know when we talk about diversity and inclusion and belonging and equality and all of these great things you know there still is this this perception that that must be uh you know one thing or two things or, or something like that in in true reality as, as you've just described in that short synopsis um you know there are a number of pieces here at play and they sit invisibly and so if you didn't know you know visibly um, and you didn't ask then you would potentially never know so it's absolutely it's, it's curious um you know to to hear you know almost the, the different layered facets of the the wider repercussions almost that that this can have you know both personally and professionally
1: yeah and, and it's 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 interesting because i said there were two things earlier but but when i went through the experience. I didn't realize it beforehand, which even now is still the lion's share of my career. But all of that time, because I was subconsciously wrestling with things or or, or not facing into things, I was showing up differently. I wasn't being my true self. It wasn't until I came out at work, which was a year after I came out to my closest friends and family. So that's a whole year of knowing that I'm dealing with it and, and, and trying to deal with the consequences that I then started showing up at work differently. And it wasn't until I showed up at work differently that I started to enjoy the success that I had always wanted uh, to to, to have. And I think it's it's inherently built into that level of confidence that you have as an individual, that sense of self-worth that you have uh, that allows you to be able to speak your mind uh, and, and show up differently in order to get different results. So it's weird when you stop chasing what you're looking for, uh, and you actually just turn up authentically, then it starts to happen for you by default. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, and, and and just go back on another thing that you've just said. So uh, there's two interesting things. I work with people of my age or similar generations who are also uh, going through a similar experience that, that I went through. So. It's interesting when you put your story out there, how many people magnetize towards you to then talk about, okay, what's happened? In some cases, these are conversations that they've never had with anyone else on the planet, um, but they're starting to have it because you've, you've signposted that you're available to be spoken to and it's confidential and so on. So it's really interesting to understand there's still loads of people that go through that, that I say exercise, but go through that process later on in life. And then conversely, there's still people young uh, who experience, uh, as they go through school, the slurs and the slander and the bullying that can be associated with being called gay. Uh, even for people that aren't, it creates this environment where uh, you can grow up with a lack of self-worth, which then has impacts the rest of your life uh, in, in all the decisions that you make.
0: I love that you mentioned there this almost snowball or magnetic effect, as you as you described it in that, you know, really the power of storytelling and sharing and really putting ourselves out there in often a vulnerable way can have such a profound difference, not only to us, but also to others, as you say, who are experiencing this. And, you know, I guess when you look at the wider population, you know, friends, family, colleagues it could be any one of us and you know when I say that I don't mean it in a negative way I mean actually it could be something that any one of us could at some point in our lives um you know go through that um, that change and so you know without speaking about it and without um you know really kind of putting ourselves out there um it was very difficult for for others to then understand you know truly until they hear it from someone else and, and almost kind of contextualize you know what those feelings could mean because we're all we're all humans you know at the end of the day we all you know living sleeping breathing emotions heart soul etc yeah. um you know it's hard to sometimes even pinpoint or put into words some of the feelings that we have below the surface and so commend you for for really kind of putting yourself out there and for talking about it because it's no it's no easy task and you know imagine you know when you mention some of the challenges there you know some of the almost like the guilt that you probably wrestle with yes. the personality juxtapositions between all of what that means is you know it, it probably led you to many sleepless nights I, I would imagine
1: well so there's a number of things you've just talked about one of one of which is uh, for, for me the leadership piece is vulnerability uh, I, I have a uh, a belief that there's a very strong correlation to be able to put yourself out there and be vulnerable to be able to to, to lead I think is a really really important trait I'm also really conscious now of any anything that I'm doing in work that involves multiple people, I always approach it as uh, with the view that there's, pe- there's stuff going on in people's lives and whether that be an LGBT stuff, whether it be a, to do with uh, ethnicity or or, or gender or, or even just tough times at home, people have uh, challenges. I mean, Lord knows that this year especially uh, has been one where, where so many people have been finding things really tough for lots of different reasons. So I think approaching those situations with that in the back of your mind, that what you say has an impact on people is, is really, really important. Sorry.
0: I'd love to dive deeper into that. Uh, I think the, the words that you used around self-worth and leadership and, and vulnerability all of that is so profoundly true but you also mentioned there um, you know some of the some of the language I guess that is used you know with potentially even in the school yard um, with those younger generations the reason why you know some of these negative connotations can feed into kind of personal professional life and you know whether they be you know I didn't mean it like that or that they're not meant in a, in, a, in a vicious way, they can still have that impact. And so, um, you know, it's great that you mentioned earlier in our conversation that um, your children and your family have been supportive and, you know, one of your children in particular, but I just wonder, you know, your take having, um, you know, three children, being a father as well, mm-hmm. your thoughts around, um, you know, what happens in, in those younger years? Because a, a flippant comment almost, you know, is is that the root cause systemically in the same way that it is often with racism and such, um, you know, that leads us to this place where suddenly people are fearful to come out?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's very, it's still very live uh, today as it was uh, uh, decades ago. In as much as being able to call someone a gay or you, you oh, you, you're behaving so gay and all that sort of stuff that takes place in the schoolyard is still quite prevalent. That's my understanding from the research and the books and so on that I read. And there are so many other elements of DNI uh, that that spectrum where it would be entirely uh, unacceptable, where uh, both teachers, uh, parents, and in some cases other kids would not stand for some of that language being used. So racism is a great example. We know there's a long way to go on racism. I'm not saying that that's not the case as well. And I'm not saying this is competitive between different parts of DNI. So I also sit on the DNI steer code which covers all elements of DNI, not just LGBT. And I think uh, that it's, it's a really good example of where something can be said at school. Whereas if, you, if you're there and you feel different and then someone's calling you out as being different or calling someone else out as being different, but you you know that that probably affects you and, and, and is just as relevant for you as it is to the other person, that actually that stays with you. That stays with you through, throughout your life because you feel different and it reduces your feeling of self-worth. And even when you look at some of those other, D&I characteristics, if you look at race as an example, you are likely to be able to go home to a family that loves you that is of the same race and will talk to you about actually this is what racism is like out there and this is how you need to protect yourself and this is what you need to expect and this is how you need to respond, but there's a sense of love and foundation there that, that is really, really important. Of course, a lot of people that are trying to understand sexuality, especially at school age, they're not having those conversations with their parents or in a lot of cases, they're not having those conversations with their parents. Sometimes parents don't think they need to have that conversation because it's not something that they consider their children are are, are going to end up being anyway. So when you're surrounded by that environment where it's still a slur, is used as a slur and, and a negative connotation, and you're sitting there trying to struggle with that yourself, you are naturally going to grow up feeling that you are different and that you are less worthy and therefore have less self-worth. And and I do talk to a lot of people later on, uh, you know, more mature years, who will still reference, they hold on to those experiences as kids that, that significantly impact how they show up even here today
0: there's so many rich points that we could go really really deep on there in in what you said but I'll pick up on on a couple here in particular the one around um you know diversity and this is not one against the other i think that's such an important point to mention this is not a zero sum game um you know situation additionally on top of that it could be that an individual is also lgbtq plus and also um, would relate to some of those other facets Absolutely. which um, yeah. You know, again, brings about you know even more challenges. But it is so true that I mean, again, my experience is I am not a parent yet. Other than I do have two fur babies, but I don't have babies, babies yet. But you, you know, when you you know kind of recall times in the playground or when you've been growing up, and people will kind of flippantly use or children will use flippantly the terminology of you know kind of gay or. Gay, gay this gay that you know I think it is perceived as a far softer a far softer almost playful yeah playful Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a playful thing it can be said in jest it can almost even be said in a you know a funny in inverted commas uh, mm. kind of way um, and to then call out a child in the playground and, and call them a you know x y z relating to the colour of their skin um, or in my case I had it with kind of my eyes being being Chinese yeah. it was it, it, it seems to be um, something which is much more shocking um, and yeah. much more detrimental all. I absolutely can concur with that and you know ultimately equally um you know I'm not saying both are the same because they absolutely aren't and I don't have the lived experience of being LGBTQ plus but the impact it can have as you say in, in in later life can be profound and I'm sure um you know if we we looked at you know kind of bigger wider statistics of those who have now come out recalling those moments as you said in younger life when someone had said something that they probably would have come out much earlier had there have not been been this fear um you know associated with negative connotations
1: yeah I, I think that's that's true it's not it's not always the case that people don't come out earlier out of fear because there's negative connotations uh, sometimes uh, people uh it's almost subliminal in its in its effect on on, on people as they grow up uh, also sexuality is not a black and white scale it is it is definitely a lot of grey, and the majority of grey that sits in the middle. So, yeah, having the space, the time, and the confidence to explore who you are and what that means to you is, I think, the bits that is that's missing. Um, uh, and and unfortunately, that happens in your formative years when you're younger, which happens when you tend to be in those environments uh, where it seems to be the last bastion of being able to 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 say things that, as you say, might be considered funny or, you know, Gain a sense of humour. It's just a joke. All that sort of stuff that feels quite light. Mm.
0: And on the point of language as well, of course, it is LGBTQ plus or LGBTQ plus I and and, and various um, various other cool. you know um, shortened versions depending on where you are in the world. Um, but you're absolutely right. There is not a a, a black and white um, you know scenario when it comes to being almost out or or not and you know i think probably I mean, again do correct me if i'm wrong you know probably you know this is a lot to do with the era in which we were brought up with um you know as well and in which um you know the the legal laws and legislations i think you know a lot of a lot of the time you know especially probably some of our our younger leaders um, wouldn't remember a time where it was actually illegal i mean these you know these are such historic moments that thankfully thankfully and you know a lot of countries have um have now passed but um you know it is so deep-rooted isn't it and It, it
1: is there's still there's still more there are far too many countries out there I know that sounds a bit judgy, but I come from a place of judgment here. That are where it is illegal, where you you can be uh, you can be beaten up in the streets, you know, quite easily and without recourse uh, if you uh, are LGBT plus uh, etc. So so there's still quite a big piece of action that needs to take place globally to get everyone to the same place. But also, my my kids it, it's a it's an interesting one because my kids are they're still a bit confused about why I'm involved in LGBT in terms of uh, the, the network and, uh, and and the rights and so on. And they kind of come from a place like, I don't get it, so many of my friends are out and it's not, no one even considers it an issue, what's the problem? And, and there's almost a bit of pushback from a, a young generation who think that the older people are being quite noisy about something where the problem no longer exists. And yet doing what I do, it's really interesting because I get to speak to people who come to speak to me in confidence that the hidden the hidden uh, side of uh, people that are still trying to deal with it. And some of those people are not, they're, they're not that old. They're still, old. I would definitely consider them still young. I mean, you know, gray as you like and as bald as you like. Some of those uh, other people very much in their sort of 20s and so on still uh, struggle with it and deal with it. Probably because of the reasons that we've talked about before, but also Let's not simplify this, it's a complex subject and there are lots of different influences that get you to, to where, where you might end up. So, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a huge amount, there's a huge spectrum still of people that ch- are challenged by and have a challenge with their sexuality. Uh, And it's not always about being gay, lesbian. There's a lot of bi in there as well. Uh, And increasingly, people are talking more and more about trans. And We've had a focus on trans this year uh, within Britwick as well on our Allies Day. Again, trying to help people understand it and understand the language that they use and the impact it will have on people, because Mm. it is significant.
0: Absolutely. And it's also educating enough that those who, you know, aren't in the know, so to speak, or maybe come from a generation where they don't fully understand everything, I think often worry about being vilified for saying or doing the wrong thing. Um, and so what's your take on, yeah. um, you know, the do's don'ts, the yes, you can say this and yes, you can't say that because, you know, I, and and again, I, you know, there's no right or wrong answer because I know people often, you know, think differently. And I, I suppose I always say, well, you know, if it comes from a place of well-meaning and genuine curiosity, then I shouldn't think that there will be, um, you know, massive pushback on oh goodness me you said this but I think that's the worry isn't it
1: yeah I think that that you're right the values in having the conversation I think anyone who's not having the conversation because they're worried they're going to wrong say the wrong thing is someone who really needs to have the conversation yeah it it plays out it has to be like that so so I, I encourage everyone to talk about it I mean most people these days have an understanding of what's what's acceptable I I know you've also mentioned about if it comes from the right place that's okay to an extent but you can still use the wrong language that you know is the wrong language but defend it by saying it's coming from the right place there's a point where it becomes good enough and not good enough do you know what I mean so if you take it to the extreme someone could use words that are are incendiary but say it's coming from the right place but that's different to someone who's a bit nervous about having the conversation because they're not entirely sure about the terminology to use and so on. I think anyone who sits within the DNI community regardless of where they sit in that DNI community, um, would much rather have the conversation mm. and get it out there and, and increase education understanding and information for everyone involved rather than not have the conversation at all. And a great example of that is in disability. So I've spoken to a number of people that have significant disability and for example wheelchair bound, uh, and, and a lot of people don't know whether they should get down to the level of someone on a wheelchair whether they should continue standing and so on and so forth but most people i've spoken to have kind of said i don't care but someone talking to me is going to be a really good start because so many people actually almost ignore me because i'm in a wheelchair and they i can see they feel awkward so i think the same follows you know if, if someone's uh, I, I'm I'm utterly and fabulously out now, so everyone uh, knows. Yet I still come out every day, but I become bolder and bolder in doing it, in the hope that I'm starting the conversation, if necessary, for people that that, that can find it a bit awkward.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting point in particular because you know again I've heard this from from friends and others on the podcast you know oh I come out every time um, I go into a board meeting do I do it do I not is there a point are we going to end up spending more time speaking about it but it's interesting that you say that it kind of almost not rolls off the tongue you um, know I suppose by you know whilst not the same you know similar experiences would be talking about you know say mental health or adoption or, or, or whatever that whatever that might, um, might be it kind of it just rolls off the tongue and you forget that it's actually a big deal in the, um, you know, in the first place, you know, which is a great, great place to be in. But just on the point that, that you made around, um, you know, the example of someone in a wheelchair, you know, I really just want to, to mention that one again, because it's, you know, it's, it's not being you no know, it's making sure that we know we aren't being ignorant it is being more ignorant and and you know almost ruder as well to completely ignore uh you know that fact you know that fact of the matter because you know how on earth would that person feel i mean you'd, we absolutely rather them look you in the eye and have a conversation with you than almost just kind of exclude you and we all know body language we can probably recall many many instances and in where we've been in a room and you kind of just suddenly feel you know like you want to shrink back into your yourself because you know you're for whatever reason which you don't know unless that person speaks to you you know not worthy enough of of being there so um it was a it was a very very good example and one that kind of you know it puts a very stark image into into your mind but I'm conscious of time tom and and you know I could talk to you all day uh you know long about this, and we've really only touched the surface level in 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 many areas but I wonder before we head into um you know a brief lightning round um we've just spent a little moment on on talking about some of the amazing benefits because the story that you've described has really been you know what I'm sure is an emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, we can see that you really have utilized this superpower almost to benefit back. Um, you know, others. Um, you know, similar experiences. You know, and influence wider society. Um, you know, for those who who, who maybe don't have a, a be proud group or an LGBTQ plus group or are considering that, talk to me a little bit about some of the the, the kind of other benefits, I guess, or the biggest changes maybe you have seen in in some of the people um you know you have supported um supported along their personal journeys?
1: Well I mean this it's a really big question because for, for a couple of reasons. The first is everyone is so different. So we often have these conversations on these these top level umbrella terminologies about people and, and we almost get to a point where when we're talking about it we expect everyone fits in the same box and that's not the case at all so i've worked i say it works i have friends and i have um had the pleasure of going on the journey of coming up with a number of other people some of which are uh, more mature with children uh, and therefore having that lived experience can really help but even then those situations can be completely different uh, as well as uh, um other people that go on completely different journeys from different cultures, where there are completely different expectations and reactions to, to information and knowledge. So I think it's hard. It's hard to answer that in, in totality because everything is completely different. I guess there's a couple of cliches in there, though. My, my first observation is from, and this is purely through an LGBT lens now. Um, that everyone that I've uh, helped or worked with or been on the journey with in their coming out has ended up in a much better place. So there is a, there's a period of uh, a trauma. Sometimes that's brought on by the way in which you see yourself and, uh, and how much of a big deal you turn it into, whereas actually the people you're telling are incredibly loving and open and accepting. Uh, it doesn't change that journey. Everyone still goes on that journey. The fear is still very real for, for all of them. But the relief afterwards, the sense of, of your own self uh, and the confidence you can have from that has, has, without question, in my experience, always increased. It's important to note that's not always the case. And my experience is still only a very small uh, portion of the whole of even UK society that land globally, right? But largely on balance, people get to a much better place when they're living their true, authentic self. And I think it's really hard to do that, really hard to do that. In fact, it is hard to do that. It's not even a question of thinking if you don't live your true life. So know yourself and, and be true to yourself. They're the cliches, right? But they're, they're just so, so true. If you haven't got a network, there are loads out there. Seek them out. If this is a conversation you want to have, you are empowered. You have that ability to go and have those conversations in confidence, in groups. uh, There are loads of resources to be able to reach out to. So I'd encourage you to do that. The the other thing is is it's, it's kind of weird being interviewed as part of a podcast where where. It sort of held aloft as a as a leader and inspirational and all those were kind of words i think it's really important to realize and going back to our last conversation it's okay to make mistakes uh whether it be in having the conversation or going on the journey yourself it's really okay to make mistakes and to, to, to pick yourself up again that is after all how we how we learn uh, the most so it's a bit about being brave do it on your own time don't be forced by anyone uh to uh, speed it up or indeed slow it down, you you will know your own situation and what you're facing into. But seek the support because you need the support. And, and again, Leila I've you know, you you've talked about how traumatic it was to to, to go through that with, um, after being married with, with children, and and it really was very very difficult at times. I'm no superhero. I've I've taken the time to seek support as well. I've had the counselling, and I've I've gone through all of that to make sure that I felt supported and gave myself the room to be able to have the thinking time we're all incredibly busy and sometimes that's the hardest bit to get to and it's quite an easy thing to shelve for another day Whereas actually the value is facing into it and uh, trying to understand yourself and, and deal with that
0: and show up authentically afterwards I can see why you're a very good coach Tom and I mean usually I go into a lightning round but I actually think everything that you've encompassed there is just such a useful almost collective of knowledge and, and and hope I think as well for many others and so um, you know true to form I'll, I'll do my best to summarize some of the key pieces in this podcast of which there have been many my goodness we've talked about everything from individual journeys through to education through to language um, you know positive outcomes you know seeking and um, seeking support you know the last point in particular uh, you know I, I thought resonated a lot with me is having those true allies and those allies can be people who have similar experience but they can also be you know allies that have different experience and you know i think as you mentioned there, the the confidential conversations are absolutely critical where you can let the guard down so to speak and really allow others into your um your circumference and and your real vulnerable space because it is you know that support um, and that knowing um that there is someone there for you that can really make such such difference um Another couple of key pieces that really stood out to me, and, you know, again, lots of them did, is that, um, you know, the way that you talk about kind of leadership, and I think, Tom, you know, vulnerability as, as a leader is absolutely key, as you have said, but, you know, I'm almost getting from you that actually anyone can be a leader, and that anyone can step up to the plate, anyone can have a positive impact and so um you know by providing support you know I, I I don't think we need to look these days at leadership as being those white ivory towers of yesteryear um we live in a modern world today and you know leadership and and people can influence you know a number of people you know and if you influence one person to help them be their true authentic self then absolutely hasn't it be worth it 100
1: so true. And, and you know, I, I see great leaders at the start of their career who are not senior people in the hierarchy of business, but how they behave and how they show up. Awesome. And you can, you can see how they're going to go far very quickly. Equally, I see people who are really quite timid, shy and held back by their own experiences and therefore how they see themselves. Um, but you're right. It's every, within everyone's
0: gift. Uh, and, and and how rewarding to watch people on that journey, because this is a journey, you know, this is a living, sleeping, breathing journey. It is a marathon, uh, not a sprint to to coin a, 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 a well-known cliche, probably, um, term. But it is, you know, it, it is very, very true. You know, take your time, as you have said. You know, this is not a rush to kind of suddenly, you know, come out or, you know, all the other aspects of things that we have spoken about, you know, actually it is finding that confidence in yourself that, you know, ultimately will you help you live a, live a better life. Life and, and and you know experience i'm sure um you know far more productive being within that workplace as well um and just finally um you know the youth and education piece that was so so interesting i'd love us to do more um you know around that in in the future and maybe even do another podcast on that i think um you know educating our youth is so critically important um so critically important you know tom said uh you know the the repercussions that can have in later years are are, are not to be underestimated so um you know lots nice. of unlocks Lots and lots of learning experiences. Tom, thank you so much for being here today. you're so
1: welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. (laughs) Uh, As if if on cue.
0: It's like perfect timing, perfect timing. (laughs) So Tom, thank you very, very much for joining me on the Diverse and Inclusive Leaders podcast show today. You've been, um, you've been superb, um, and I hope that this has positive, positively impacted uh, many people. If you have been affected by anything at all in today's show, please do not hesitate to get in touch. Tom is very friendly, as you've seen, and do reach out to him on uh, on LinkedIn um, or through our community. We'll put into the show notes a number of the key learning points, and we'll put a link in there to Tom. So you can reach out as well. And we'll summarize some of the learning points. And you can visit us, download the podcast on Apple, Spotify, your favorite podcast app at www.dalglobal.org forward slash podcast. See you again very soon.